Hello, welcome. Getting messy. I'm with um, I'm with Jake Dodds. I'm Blake Fellows. Dodsy, you got any uh, got any wise cracks for me this week then or? No, mate. No, I was, <laughs> I was just going to say that you, you. So you have left out the non-league footballer partner, aren't you? Yeah. Is that? I thought he was going to leave it in. Oh, right, okay. Hang on. Should we go again? <laughs> hello and hello and welcome. I'm Blake Fellows. I'm because uh, then after this everything I do and I sound a bit like I, I hate doing that. I think you need to. I think you need to do it. Yeah. All right then. Uh, I'm Blake Fellows. I'm a, a podcaster, a sports journalist, mm. uh, the living basically, um, and I'm with my good friend who's a non-league footballer. Yeah. Jake Dodds. How are you, Jake? <laughs> I'm well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, it seems all I'm doing at the moment is getting pissed, recording podcasts, and going to work in this uh, in these unprecedented times has this not become work for you yet um <laughs> voluntary work mate i'd say yeah at the moment um no i am enjoying it though you yeah i yeah, love it love it man it's uh, it's interesting isn't it i think that the, the, the first few lads that we've had on we've we've set a, set a bar really well they've set a bar set a standard in yeah. order to maintain yeah, I think it's going to be over to us at some point to start finding our own, like, interesting... It's not going to be this easy forever, I don't think. No, no, but, but I mean, look, at the end of the day, what the beauty of it is every time you bring a footballer on, they can then give us someone that they think might... Like, one of the questions at the end is to bring that person onto the pod, so ideally, shouldn't ever it shouldn't ever go badly. We can't fail. No, I'm joking. No, no. I mean, you said yeah. that this is going to be absolutely crap <laughs> now, isn't it? Um, Jamal Souls today. Yeah, a lad with um, an interesting story to tell. Highly rated since a young age. Would you have played school team with him? Yeah, yeah. Played. Um, yeah, played year seven, year eight with him, and then he obviously stopped. I think he stopped playing after that because because uh, of that forest and that. Yeah, you know I mean, a bit too big for West Park. Um, but no, yeah, I did play with him. I did play with him. Obviously, one of the best players I've played even then. It was unbelievable, uh, absolutely massive. Mm. Um, and at that point as well, he was he was a big basketballer, um, and he's had he's had a lot of hype around him. So it'll be interesting to get um, you know to find out more details about his career and like interesting parts about. He had a, he had a couple of offers when he was a young lad uh, from Arsenal and from Everton. So it'd be nice to know the ins and outs of them sorts of things. And and obviously he's a captain of a massive club like yeah. Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? You can't. It's huge, really. I don't think you really. Not enough spotlight gets shine shone on him as it should do, in my opinion. You look at other centre halves in in and around the Premier League, who are English, and for some reason that he get he gets looked over. Um, yeah, so well, that's going to be something I'm interested to find out about the England setup and will it ever happen? Because he's, he's captain of a uh, well, Rodgers now 26, 27, captain of a, a massive club. Yeah. Don't really get a look in, does he? No, he don't. No, no. Um, I mean, you'd suggest it. It might, you know, that the, the ship may have sailed, but you never know in football, do you? I suppose if another manager comes in who isn't Southgate, I suppose it's because of Southgate, really. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's got opinions, but um, yeah, interested in what he's got to say. Should we listen to him now? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Newcastle United captain Jamal Souls.
right, how are we, lad? Yes, how about you? Yeah, starting the, starting the podcasting. Mm. And the red wine. That's it, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Not a bad laugh, mate, not a bad laugh in the minute. Yeah. Welcome to getting a message among ourselves. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah, very good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How are you, Dodds? Yeah, good, bro. Good. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. International break at the minute then, so is it is it a little bit of break for you, or you is it just business as usual? Uh, we had we had three days off last week, and we just had another three days off this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to spend time with the family. Um, obviously, there's not much you can really do, um, but... Yeah, just went on a little walk with the kids, took the dog out, just chilled with the kids, really. What's the, what's the season been like for you so far? Um, it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, a weird one, really. Obviously, I think where we are in the in terms of where we are on the table, I think we're in a good position. Uh, probably one of the best starts we've had since I've been at Newcastle. To be fair, um, in terms of performances, I think we can be a little bit more consistent. Uh, you know, one week we can have a really good game and, you know, cause an upset. And then the next week we can, uh, you know, it's, it's not been good enough. So uh, I think as the season goes on, I think it's just about finding the balance and maybe not getting too high when we win uh, and just, you know, approach every game the same type thing. Has, it, has the Premier League changed while you've been playing? Standard-wise, have you seen an increase in the last few years from from someone of the outside looking? And it seems to be a bit of an unbelievable standard the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think the level of athletes just completely uh, just grown and developing every single year. Um, I don't know whether it's to do with sports science or uh, I don't know what it is, but you know, if, I mean, obviously, I weren't playing prem 10, 15, 20 years ago, but you, you watch. You watch video clips and, you know, you see stuff on TV of uh, the players, you know, probably probably further, even like 50 years ago or whatever. And the level of athlete just seems completely different to what it was now to, to what it was then. Right. We've got um, 10 questions to ask you that you're the, uh, the fifth person we've asked these questions to. And um, we're just going to, like, see what different answers we get each week from, from different players. That's all right. So I'll crack on with... Um, Question number one, which is uh, who did you support growing up, and what are your first memories of, of football? It's a bit of a it's a bit of a sticky one to be honest, because uh, obviously I grew up with you lads from Derby. Uh, went to school with Jay. You were Leeds, but weren't you, Blake? Uh, I was Chelston. Ch- oh, Chelston, yeah, yeah. Chelston. Uh, so obviously growing up in Derby, um, I've seen photos and stuff. I can't remember. I've seen photos and stuff of me with a Derby top on. Uh, when I was when I was a little kid, like three, four, five. Uh, so I'm guessing initially it was Derby, but um, obviously signing for Forest, I think under eights, under nines. Um, you know, the, the minute I went there, it was uh, just just followed for, Forest really. Um, and I don't know. I think I don't know. I can't count on all footballers, but I feel like it just depends what team you're at really. Because now I'm at Newcastle. Obviously, just I'm all Newcastle. So, have I, have I completely made up the thought in my head that you'd support an Arsenal for a, for a bit, or did you follow Arsenal for a bit? You know, you didn't make it up at all. Yeah, uh, my dad used to take me to, to some Arsenal games when uh, when I was a kid. I'm not sure why, but I'm, yeah, I'm guessing I just followed them a little bit. What I've never really like, really, really supported anybody to be honest. Mm. You know, when it, at that point, so you know, when you're like a young kid, like I obviously know that at that point you're like massively into basketball. 
and like your family's like a massively basketball orientated sort of family. Were you were you more leaning towards a basketball sort of not career, but we did you like basketball more when you were first get growing up, or was it like a, a mixture of the both? Uh, probably as like a younger kid, it was probably more basketball to be honest. Obviously, my dad. He was a professional basketball player and my big brother, he was just all basketball. Um, so up, I think up until the age of like 15, 16, or maybe 15, I, I was still playing basketball at a pretty high level as well as going to training at Forest um, Tuesday, Thursday, and then obviously playing on the Saturday. So um, I had a lot on, and but then it come to a point where um, people started to realise where I can make a I can do all right in football and, you know, if I really stick to it, I can uh, do all right. So I think my dad sat me down and just says, you know, you need to make a decision. Is it basketball or is it football? And um, because I was like, in a good setup at Forest and um, in England, the basketball's not very good compared to football. So I just, well, thankfully I chose football and uh, it seemed like it was the right decision. Mm. Oh, yeah. On, you mentioned... Um, about having a, being pitching a derby top uh, when you was younger, and then obviously being at Forest. Have I made this up? Was a derby fan? I think I've heard that you were actually at Derby Academy before you went to Forest. Is that true? Yeah, I had it um, when I, before before I got um, spotted by Forest. I was playing for. Um, I started off at Cobra Oak, then I went to Chesapeake Braves. And while I was at Chesapeake, I think a derby scout told me to come down, and I was I did like a trial at Derby. Um, I think a few of the lads were there as well, but uh, they just weren't having me. They just, I don't know, I just didn't really go from, go anywhere. But um, the minute Forest, the minute I went to Forest straight away, I didn't even do the six weeks trial. They said within the first couple of weeks we want we want him, and they just uh, took me on. From back in the day when you were when you were a kid growing up, I can remember being obviously being at school and that there was a lot of hype about you and like thinking, you know. Right, this this guy can, can can make it as a pro. Do you did that ever like did that ever get into your head? Do you think when you was a kid, like as a teenager at West Park, you were thinking, right, fucking hell, I've got a career in football here. Do you just not get ahead of yourself? I didn't. I didn't really get ahead of myself. Really, I, uh, I don't ever think as a kid I sat back and thought about how far I could go or where I wanted to go. I never really. I just kind of just went to training, did my best. Did whatever my dad said, you know, try to obviously make sacrifices, you know, miss out on house parties and going to Brunswick Park and things like that. Um, and I just took it step by step, really, just uh, just working hard and uh, listening to the coaches. I didn't really, I didn't really think to myself, well, yeah, I got a chance, to be honest. Yeah. You think, um, obviously, around the academy setup, like, were there a lot of players that you'd have thought that hasn't hasn't made it that you thought might have? Or is there a, do you reckon there's a difference or can you put it down to anything that... So obviously, like, you and Benny out of, out of like, West Park and from... They made it through the through the ranks. There's a lot of good players in your team. I can remember watching them back in the day. Yeah. You reckon, you know, do you can you put it down to one thing or is it... Can you not? Uh, yeah, I can, I can, to be fair. Um, obviously... Going up for academy setup from under nines to under 18s, you see kids come and go. Like, obviously, it's not nice because it must be heartbreaking for the kids, but um, and you, you see some great talent, some technically gifted kids, some 
some lads that develop earlier than others, some some lads that are more athletic and I, I don't know. But I, I think the thing for me was, uh, well, well, for me personally, it was just work ethic, really, because I wasn't never, uh, I was never the most technically gifted. Uh, I was never, you know, yeah, I was never that. So I, all I knew was to just work hard, do extras, just just be a nice kid, just get on with things, and um, so yeah, I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing maybe that's what set a lot of kids back. They might have been really technically gifted, but did they have the extra uh, like get up and go, that extra hung- hungriness to, to to want it sort of thing? Do you, do you also think you mentioned earlier about not ever thinking that you would make it or you had made it and you're just going in and, and working hard? Do you think that attitude rather than some young lads that? I've seen them in and around football where you can tell at a young age that they kind of think they've made it and that complacency that that could be a part of it oh 100 percent. i think that's the uh that's the biggest downfall for most people and even even with lads that make it they could go from where they are now to even further progress even more um and for me that's uh that's a prime example of who, who you have around you um you know my my dad's always kind of kept things kept things away from me in terms of interest with other clubs and uh, agents and all these things simply just so I focus on my job and I'm not distracted with other things which some kids might get uh, sidetracked by and you know start thinking uh, this and that when you know but you, you see it all the time you see kids kids playing at a certain level but you know everyone knows it could be in a much higher level. Mad doing it, you know, obviously, like, like you say, 14, 15, and you, you really want to go to a house party at the weekend. Your dad's saying, nah, mate, like, you nah, <laughs> you don't want it. Obviously, you've got football on a Saturday and you're fucking well annoyed, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know. It was, it was hard, it was hard to be fair, because obviously I'm, I was, well, I was one of the boys as well, wasn't I? So, um, one of my mates were doing that and dad's saying no chance. Uh, it was, it was hard, but at the same time, I'd, uh, you know, I thank thank everything he's he's kind of guarded me with. Um, but you know, even, even drinking and stuff, I, I was I just I just had it in myself as well, just to not do it because I just thought that it wouldn't benefit me in football. Yeah, even the house parties when I was seventeen, eighteen, or I didn't really didn't really drink or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So. so yeah, I just. Sort of mindset as a mindset from an early age that you sort of dad sort of drilled into you, and it, it's reaped rewards. Yeah, maybe because he was a, a, a sportsman himself, and he kind of knew what what it needs to take to get to. Question number two: uh, Memories of your professional debut? Oh, not very good ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was a. Who was it? I think obviously at Forest, I think it was Burnley at home. Yeah, it might have been like 2011. I might have been 18 or something like that. Yeah, mate. 2012, Burnley at home. You lost 2 0. 2 0. Yeah. <laughs> can you remember? Um, can you remember much about the game? Was it like obviously uh, we, we asked obviously asked these, uh, to the last few lads and like I mean Benny was saying that like going out even in the warm up he was shitting himself thinking that everyone's like watching in that did did the occasion get to you a little bit or oh completely um you know i think back then even like a young kid even training with the first team was like just breathtaking 
Um, and even the way the young kids are treated back then compared to how they're treated now. Like the young kids now, they're, you know, they're the same as the first team. The nice cars speak to the first like I didn't dare speak to the first team lads unless I was spoken to. Yeah. So, you know, to then eventually make your debut in front of all the fans, which you've kind of been preparing to do since since going through the ranks of uh, through the academy. It was a, it was a massive thing. Um, and I think Burnley that year, they were flying as well. And the two strikers, I think they had Jay Rodriguez and Charlie Austin. Yeah. Um, which were probably the two most prolific strikers in the in the champ at the time. So, kind of, what, kind of was thrown in the deep end in terms of the game, but obviously I'm so uh, thankful for the for the opportunity. So at that point, then at 18, you're I mean you're training with the first team, or you're training with the youth. Like, what's has someone got injured, or have you just broke yourself? Done? I can remember back in the day. I think it. Must have been around that time. I mean, you're obviously playing well in the reserves, um, and then did, did they just give you a chance out of nowhere? Or yeah, I was playing reserves. I was I was training with the first team all the time. Uh, I think I'd done the pre-season and all that, but then I'd just do games with the reserves or that sort of stuff. And I think there was a few injury problems at the time. Um, I think the centre halves were like Luke Chambers. I'm not sure if Wes Morgan was there. I think I think Wes Morgan maybe. But um, I remember I partnered that night with, I think it was Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Jolly and Lynch. So I think I was the the next fit centre-half. So it was kind of like a crisis, you know, get the young lad in and see, see, if, see if he can do, do anything. Just before, I think Jake's going to ask, because we, um, we ask everyone that comes on how many of the 11 from the debut they can name. Um, we'll get on to that in a minute. But we mentioned playing in the reserves in my... One of my first memories of seeing you play was when you played against Derby Reserves at Belper and you scored yeah. two against Jake Buxton. And that was the moment I thought, wow, this is, I think you'd only been about 16 at the time. Yeah, I was young, yeah. And I, I remember thinking, like, wow, like Jake Buxton, who would just drop down from the first team, and then it was a 16 year old centre off of Forrest who was like uh, completely out jumping him. And it was like, I, I took away from that at the time thinking, wow, like uh, this kid's like, he's class. Yeah, I do remember that game very well, actually. I think they had quite a few first team lads playing, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just lucky enough to get on the, on to the end of two added. So, can you uh, can you remember many many of the starting eleven then for the uh, the game versus Burnley, your professional debut? Well, I'll try my best. I think goalkeepers Lee Camp. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Chris Gunter, I think, was right back. Yeah. Obviously, me Lynch. I think Malone. Yeah. Left back. Maloney. Will be uh, Maloney, yeah. Sorry, mate, if you listen. <laughs> you don't want me, though. You don't Was right wing Anderson? Yeah, I can I can just see the four midfielders. Because he was right wing, but he was definitely he was playing, mate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gwadi... I can't pronounce his name properly. It's, it's really bad. Gwadi Ora, yeah. Good Europe. I'm sure he was in Santa Mes. But maybe yeah. was it Lewis McGugan? Nah, he no. He, oh, no, he was, he was playing, but it, it seems like he was playing in more of an advanced role. Things like just behind the striker. Oh so, yeah. Santa uh, no. Who was the other Santa Mes? I think Gareth McCleary was left wing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Then one more, one more centre mid. Uh, one more centre mid. Uh, Chris. 
Chris Cohen? Nah, this guy's a bit of a beast. Oh, Moosey. Yeah, man. Yeah, Guy Moosey, yeah. And then I, f- I remember Ishmael Miller up front. Yeah, mate. Mate, you've done well. Mate, Benny, come, up, come on here and got six out of 11 and trying to claim that he's done well, mate. And it was his <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember it quite well, to be fair. Yeah, mate, you've got, to be fair, you got a strong bench. You had Andy Reid, Harewood, Tug Game, Blackstock on the bench. Yes, yeah, strong team, that, isn't it? Yeah, man. Fair play. Yeah. I think, what was that, 9, 10? Um, 2012, mate. No, I mean, to get. Oh, 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10. I think you got 10. 10. Yeah, 10. That's quality. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. All right. Um, question number three is uh, what's your favourite victory in your career so far? Favourite victory? Uh, obviously, Derby Day when I was at what so far. When, playing with Newcastle, I've not played against Sunderland where we've won, because I can imagine that would probably be the the best. Uh, uh, favorite victory is probably pr- probably playing for Newcastle, beating like a Man City or a Chelsea or a, a, a yeah one of them one of them probably beating. I think we beat Man City at home one uh, nil, um, which is like for me that's that's like a huge achievement. So I think it must be uh, yeah definitely one of them. I think yeah, what I found, man, I think I've said to you before, like you know when you first obviously started playing Clem, like you don't don't really sink in that like one of the, one of the lads is doing that until you see. I remember seeing a picture like you playing against like Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Fucking hell! Like at that uh-huh. point, you thinking that that's so that's mad. That's a that's when you know you think fucking hell! Like I'm playing with the big boys here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I don't, I don't really think back and think to myself, oh, well, well, maybe, maybe I did a few years ago, but obviously I don't now. Um, mm. So I've done it a few times, but I mean, I mean, I guess for for people who know me, especially growing up as a as a young lad, it must be a, it must be a thing where you think, oh wow, fair play. Do you know, just like when you when you play against a Man City or a Chelsea and you're up and you're marking an Aguero, I mean, it sounds like a daft question, but is it just like a different level? The, the players that you're marking, it's like you know you're you're in for a day when you've got when you're marking him. Yeah, for me, it's the uh, the intelligence of the players because, um, like I said, every single striker or every single player in the well, most players in the Premier are fast, strong, sharp. You know, physical, whatever. But there's a difference with the intelligence. From I think that's what takes teams like City and Liverpool to to a different to a different level. Um, obviously, I've not played against any European teams, but uh, compared to compared to other Premiership teams that I've played, uh, you know, like I said, striker is strong, good in the air, fast. But the intelligence of say someone like a David Silva or Aguero or Salah, Firmino. They don't. They don't even need physical attributes because they're so, so intelligent, and they just know know their role. They know they know football. Just before we get on to the next question, obviously he was at Forest for a long time. The, the victories you had over Derby while you were there, they must have been enjoyable as well. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I played in the game and we lost five 0 No comment. Which wasn't fun. And then the one where we won, I think, 2-1 away at Pride Park, where Benny scored the winner. I didn't start. I came on uh, just to, like, last few minutes just to try and 
not letting any goals in. But um, yeah, I think they're the only two games I played in. Was it really? Yeah. I, I, I thought you might have played in a few more. I don't know. That's just me. I just didn't off the top of my head. I thought that it might have been. There's a famous picture of you with Stuart Pearce celebrating with after Benny's goal. I've seen that a few times. Yeah, that was that was the game where we won two one. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, I don't. I've not played in many Derby Forest. So, uh, question number four: uh, biggest stinker you've ever had, or the biggest mistake you've ever made in a game? Off the top of my head, uh, it was probably we played against Everton away uh, when I was at Newcastle. Uh, what four years ago, maybe? No, five years. It was it was the first season. I think Steve McLaren was a manager at Newcastle um, and I just started playing a bit and then I, I played, did I come on? I think I came on off the bench. Mm. I think I came on off the bench and then um, the ball come to me the halfway line, I, I just misread it and then Ross Bartley ran through and I, I had like a foot race where I was behind him but tried to catch him up and then he kind of just stopped and I ran to the back of him. Uh, penalty, red card, he took the penalty, chipped the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was probably the worst one. Yeah. So playing in a Prem, and it's, a, it's another footballing cliche kind of thing, but the step up, I've heard a lot of footballers say, if you make a mistake at that level, it, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a goal. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think that's the difference with the Prem and the champ and uh, lower league teams. Um if, yeah, if you make a if you make a mistake or a lack of uh, lack of concentration in the premise, uh, you're probably gonna get hurt from it. Yeah. Do you reckon? So, like, do you um do you do you find yourself? You know, if you make a massive mistake in a game or you make a mistake in a game like that, for example, when you're coming back for this for the next game after that, is it is it still in your head? Do you have to sort of like build your confidence back up or just put it to your back of your head and get on with it? To be honest, it, it used to really get obviously as a defender, um, you know, you're in a position where one little mistake and it could cost a win, could cost a goal. So, um, you know, it's, it's happened a lot of times. And it, going back years, it used to really get to me where, you know, it used to really get me down. But um, it's just understanding and trying to balance out the highs and the lows of football. You know, one week you can go and play amazing, keep a clean sheet against. Chelsea and then the next week you can you know make a mistake and lose a game and it's your fault and it's I think obviously it's it's a difficult time but um I just think it's about trying to find the balance of not getting not getting too down because you know you need to you can kind of take it as a positive positive as well you can either take it as oh no I'm thinking about it it's in my mind I've got a game soon you know what if I made the same mistake or you can think about it as in well I've got a game next week I'm going to change the headlines and make things right. And so that, so then last week's forgotten about. Yeah. You say so that I think that, that's the mental toughness that I think uh, it's, it's a hard thing to do, but I think it's, it's, it takes a lot of mental toughness up. Just following on from that, obviously dealing with mistakes, what are you like when you lose? Can you deal with that now? Because when we had Ben on, Ben was like, right, he's had to give himself a day now. He has a day where he has to like, right, either be enjoy the win or think about the defeat and then bang you just got to go to the next game have you had to learn to cope with defeats uh yeah 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 definitely um again similar to making a mistake um similar to making a mistake you know just just trying to trying to not get too low um but you know for me I, I think 
I think what you do in training um, reflects on how you play. So what I tend to do is kind of, you know, if I have the game on a Saturday, uh, obviously I'll be on my mind loads day off Sunday, but come Monday, I'm back to giving up about 110% in training. I'll, I'll go in extra earlier. I'll work even harder in, on training, stay behind, make sure I'm doing all, you know, gym programs, stretching, ice baths. And I just think the, the more you just stick with doing the simple things and the things that you know and you do, it, it, it'll just improve you and just uh, just just keep keep going really. Is that so? Obviously, you've been skipped at the minute at Newcastle. Is that um, do you feel that responsibility on your shoulders to to sort of? Are you the sort of skipper that are you dead vocal in the changing room, or do you just sort of lead by example in what you're doing? Um, I guess initially. Initially, the reason why I got given the armband was because I was just a really hardworking, honest, honest, honest player that would, you know, that was quite passionate. And I, I, I've tried to, obviously, that's that's in me, that's within me, and I've just tried to build on that. And um, now have to not not be responsible for other people, but like you was talking about highs and lows, and you know, mistakes and. Things that I I can't I can't really I try to not show my weaknesses in terms of how I'm feeling mm. uh, to my other team because you know ultimately uh, some of them will look at me for for that support. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's hard it's a it's a big ask it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of responsibility but um, yeah I, I just try to I try to lead by example in terms of just working hard you know, to try and try and do my best and then obviously I'm quite vocal as well. Um you know. Question number five then. Who's the, the best player you've ever played with, in your opinion? Well that's been on my team, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but player you played with on your side, in your personal opinion, the, the you think like yeah, you look back and think, yeah, he's he's class. Probably when Alden was at Liverpool. Really? Yeah. When he first came to we had Steve McLaren at the time, when we we got relegated that season. But you could just see the the difference of quality. Um, I mean, obviously now he's he's doing amazing at Liverpool. But you know, as an individual, when he was at Newcastle, he was he was phenomenal. Mm. Well, set him aside. What was it that what was it that was different about him? Just pure ability. Just pure ability. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was super fit. He was strong. He was agile. But yeah, just just as a just pure pure ability, dribbling. Uh, intelligence, um, professionalism as well. Yeah, just wanting to wanting to do better. Can you, can you see is that? Can you see that? The professionalism is it like you talk about all them little bits, like about getting into training, uh, you know, staying behind at training, that sort of thing. Is that the sort of thing you was doing as well then? Yeah, of course. Because obviously, being in the change room where players have come and go over the years, you you kind of know who's. Uh, a really good professional and who just kind of turns up, has the breakfast, gets changed, trains and then has the food and goes home. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, some people might think there's nothing wrong with that, but me personally, I think, you know, you need to try and do more because yeah. there's always more you can do. And you see, you see other players that are amazing professionals. Uh, one, for instance, was uh, Andros Townsend when he come to, come to Newcastle. Um, 
and you know just having players having players around you that are like that you kind of they kind of drag drag you in and if they if they drag in two three four players all of a sudden you've got you know even more lads you know wanting to get involved do the core do the stretching and um, whereas if you're in a team where you know the lads just want to get in from training get on the phones have a little mess around and go home um, that can be quite infectious as well so yeah. I think uh, having having a good dressing room is is so important you know obviously you're going to have quality players in the football team but also having good professionals can make a difference in terms of uh, dragging other players in which leads to you know not getting as injured standard in training the level of professionalism and it just makes things more professional yeah yeah Following up from that briefly, who's the most technically gifted player you've played with? Because we've had a few players on and I've interviewed players in the past where they talk about some players that can do it in training, but maybe haven't got that extra thing that can, can go on and kick on and do it in games. But is there someone just had like absolute technical ability you've played with that impressed you? Uh, hands down, John Joe Shelby. Really? Hands down. Like, he's, honestly, I've never seen nothing like it. Um, his passing of the ball is, yeah, I mean, m- most people probably say it anyway, you know, the way he passes the ball and his long pings, his short passes, technically is, uh, he's definitely the best player I've, I've played with. You think, uh, has he, does he get recognised enough? You know, when you when, when Newcastle plays well, nine times out of ten, Shelby's, Shelby's something to do with it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, like, is he, like, he's sort of, not sort of forgotten about, but like a lot of players like sort of get forgotten about in terms of like England, or whatever. Do you reckon there's a reason why are other players better than him or, or is he underrated? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's underrated because everyone knows his quality. Um, the reasons why, I mean, he's been called up in the passport. Uh, the reasons why he's not now. I'm not sure. I think a lot might have to do with what team you're at, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, because again, there's, there's lads in the England team now that are at teams similar to us. Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. You know, John Joe's, for me, is one of the, technically one of the you know, best passes of the ball in the Prem. Yeah. So, that, not, I mean, like, just, just on that, I mean, obviously, you've you, you played for England at under-21 level. Like, you've You've played in the Prem for a few years now. Obviously, a lot of people would think I'd be thinking the next step is for England. Can you put it down just to what, you know, any reason why that that hasn't been the case or just think it's a matter of opinion? I just think a matter of opinion, really. Uh, I think if I was to get called up, it would have been, I think, my first season in the Prem under Rafa. Mm -hmm. I think we finished 10th and I had a... I had a really good season personally. Um, scored a few goals, kept kept a lot of clean sheets. Uh, obviously, I was new to being a captain. Well, we've done the champ season, but um, but then some of the some of the players that got called up around that time that aren't featuring for England now, I thought maybe I could have been could have been involved then. But again, it's someone's opinion. At, at the time, then I, you know, it did did kind of get to me. I thought, you know, what else can I do? Mm. Well, now it's one of them where I don't even look at the, I don't even look at the the, the England team sheet now because I know 
I know I'm not going to get called up. So I just, uh, all my focus is on Newcastle and just trying to do as well as I can for them. Yeah, yeah. Is that, obviously it's, an, it's annoying, but like you say, you, you sort of passed it. Do you think, do you think that's it now? Do you think maybe if another manager to come in, I suppose, we was on about it earlier, like, for another manager to come in, it, like you say, it's a game of opinions, isn't it? So there's no reason why you can't. When you look at the small print, you've played in the in the Prem for years. Newcastle have, have not gone down. Can you hear us? Uh, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, you, yeah. you like establish yourself as a Premier League player. If someone else comes in, there's no reason why not, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know I've still got to do better myself. Um because you know the the centre halves that are playing for England now, they're doing very well at, at the clubs they're at, um, and you know, it's, obviously, there's a there's a lot of competition in the centre back area. You know, I'm just turned 27. There's still time. Uh, if it happens, fantastic. If it doesn't, um, then yeah, it's biggest training ground bust up you've ever seen or been involved in. No, you don't have to be involved. Whatever, mate. Whatever you want to do. Did you say not being involved then? No, or being involved in it, whatever. If you're involved in it, then you can, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, there's not really been, there's obviously been loads of handbags all the time. Yeah. But in terms of like a full-on bust-up, like full-on fight, it doesn't really happen because players just jump in and just break up within a few seconds. Obviously, I've seen players get hit and been hit myself. Yeah. Uh, Things like that, but nothing that's been like really messy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it can't happen really because the minute the minute something happens, it's the coaches jumping in, the the staff are all breaking up, the the players are all pulling each other away. So it's it's nothing major. Is it a regular occurrence? So like people coming to blows or like coming towards the fight, or things are getting split up on a regular? To be honest, it's not happened for a while now. We went through a spell. Huh. We went for a spell. Was it last year? No, not last year. The year before. We went for a spell where pff, I don't know what it was. I think the level of competitiveness in training because we were just getting after it, and everyone was like hungry and you know things used to always just spark up where people would lash out and then grab each other and then they get broke up and but there was nothing, nothing too, nothing too, uh, too crazy to be honest. All right, side question then. So, like, what? Who's the like big characters that you've played with, or the the lads that you think oh, fucking hell, like? It's, it's probably pretty hard to be fair. Like lads that you think fucking hell, it, they're, they're a big character in the dressing group, dressing room sort of thing. Uh, big character in the dressing room. Uh, well, I remember being at Forest when I was a kid. Wes Morgan was a. Uh, Oh, Wes Morgan and Andy Reid, they were like huge characters. Um, you know, re really nice guys. But I just remember being, being a young lad and just, you know, you could tell they were the two like alphas in the in the dressing room. And uh I think I think uh I think Andy Reid come when Wes left actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, them two. And then being at Newcastle, um to be honest, we've always had quite a young team where youngish team where I don't know I'm too sure uh, and Andy Carroll's a Andy Carroll's a he's quite influential character a big character um, you know lovely bloke but uh, 
you know, he's, uh, you know, he's been around the game a long time, he's experienced and, uh, yeah. Question number seven, what's the uh, the best Christmas do you've ever been on? Best Christmas do I've ever been on? I remember, I remember when I was at Forest, uh, we went to Amsterdam. Uh, went to Amsterdam and I, again, I was probably 18, 19. Um, you know, obviously I've, I had a few nights out going blue note and things like that with, with with the boys back from home. But to then go from that to Amsterdam where to seeing the whole team, you know, obviously you do the Saturday night, but then the Sunday, you just get dressed up, fancy dress. And, you know, from 10 o'clock in the morning, if you're not down in the bar by 10, you're doing minimum 10 Jager bombs. And then... <laughs> You just carry your day from there, and obviously, as you can imagine, it gets it gets quite messy. And um, being in Amsterdam as well, it was it was good. Uh, and then being at Forest, to be honest, it's been difficult because I don't know why. Every season, in and around the time where we're going to do the Christmas do, we've not been doing great in the league. So it's kind of one of them where the manager, whoever it was at the time, whether it was Rafa or Steve Bruce, um, will say, "Oh." You know, now's not the right time. You know, we can't be getting beat by them and then getting seen out in London, you know, we're dressed in Spider-Man. So we've not really had too many at Newcastle. The the other side of that, though, is is team spirit still important, that side of the game? Do you still think that's got something to add to the game, going out and, and being a, a group of players together? Yeah, I definitely do. I think uh, the more stories you hear about Christmas do's, they, they sound like more more of a team thing, probably lower lower down the leagues, like Championship League One. But in the Prem, you find it difficult to get everyone together. You know, you have you have a lot of foreign lads. Some lads in the team might not drink. Some lads might be religious and don't want to you know do that. Just want to spend time with the families or that time they get they want to go home. So actually getting together twenty five lads to you know get on the bus, get in a hotel do two days with a team is it's a hard thing to do. Uh, but you know, there's, there's there's a good handful at Newcastle that, you know, the minute the minute you say night out or Christmas do or, you know, you get a good a good solid ten lads that are up for it. Yeah. An unbelievable night out as well into Newcastle. I've never done it, but I've heard some stories. You've never been Newcastle? Never done it, no. Oh yeah, it's uh I've never had the call up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need the call up. You're Blake Follows, man. Follows. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, Newcastle is it's a quality city. And I think every every single day of the week there's something going obviously not now lockdown, but every single day of the week there's something going on. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's nightclubs open, it's it's heaving every night. So uh, it's uh, it, it can get to I mean my first year. When I first signed for Newcastle, my first year being here, I also weren't playing much, just training. And, you know, I was out all the time. Um, I'd go out Saturday, I'd go out midweek. Uh, but obviously now you, you, it's different now with uh, playing and stuff. You can't, and it's the social media as well. You know, you go out on a, if you go on a night out, one photo and then you're in the newspaper the next day. So you, you can't really be doing that stuff anymore, really. Not worth it. It's not worth it. And obviously I've got a family here now, settled down, two kids, missus. So question number eight, best non-playing member of staff you've ever worked with. So like could be a sports scientist, physio, manager, coach, 
whoever has thought you thought fucking hell they were signed or you've really got on with or whatever reason mate Rim. Uh, not in sports I really got on with a guy called Sean Beach he's one of the physios at uh, Newcastle um, quality bloke he's one of my good friends as well you know I'd see him outside of football uh, go food with him whatever take the dogs out uh, and he's really good at his job as well um, professional you know he's like a modern day physio uh, and yeah he's a uh, yeah, I just think he's really good at his job and he, he gets on with all... He has a relationship with the players, which I think is important because I think um, for a player, if you're working with a physio, whether it's one-to-one or in a group, I think it's important that you kind of have have some sort of relationship and the physios know how to... Yeah, I think it's important that you kind of build a relationship and, um, yeah, because being injured and stuff can be quite a low point for a, for a player. So, you know, having someone that's you know, good to talk to as well can can help you in them situations. Is it is it underestimated the part of the people behind the scenes that maybe the fans or even we don't see that are looking after injured players, keeping spirits up, the people that even like from the tea lady up to like the physio, like we don't see any of that and they must be much more important than we'd ever imagined. Yeah, for me, they're the most important. You know, they, they keep the whole club ticking. Uh, you know, from the security to the receptionists, the kit men, and what they have to do as well—the the ground, the ground staff, the laundry ladies—the things they have to do. You know, obviously players can be quite lazy and sloppy at times. You know, take your clothes off, throw them on the floor, and straight away there's someone chasing after you, picking it up, washing it, putting it back neatly. And you know, for what they have to do, is uh, it's a lot. It is a lot, and for me, they're the ones who keep the club ticking. Right, number nine. Who's the uh, who's the funniest player you've ever played with? Funniest player? Oh, it's been a few big characters. Uh, funniest player I've ever played with? Uh, ever? Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know him, but I was on it. I don't really speak to him anymore. But I was on an England trip. Might have been like under eighteens, under nineteens, or something. I think he's at Oxford United now. Uh, do you know a guy called Rob Hall? Rob Hall? No. He's, no, like, a, he's like a little winger. He's, he's hilarious. Really? <laughs> honestly, honestly, I, I don't know where he was on the trip. But it might have been St. Uh, George's or... I can't remember where he was. But I was in stitches the whole trip. <laughs> honestly, what? I just really find him hilarious. What type of character was he then? Like a, a Jimmy Bullard type, clown type character? Or was he like a bit dry like Benny? It was more Kevin Hart style. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, mate, really funny, yeah. Is anyone, is anyone yeah. else that gets up there for you? Yeah, Benny as well, actually. Benny's always a good lad to be around. He'll always make a joke out of something or nothing. So, yeah, there's, there's a few, to be honest. Yeah. All right, mate. Um, dinner party with three other people from the industry. So, the, anyone from the football industry, who and why? Well, it has to be football. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, from the football industry, it could be managers, footballers, coaches, whoever you want to, whoever you want to. Who, who's, who intrigues you? Who would you want to get to know more? Uh, be, be a bit of a laugh. Or just have three of your mates. Well, yeah, whatever. Whatever, whatever you think your, your ideal dinner party. I'd definitely say Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a 
as a kid, obviously centre half growing up and watching football, I always kind of idolised him and thought, you know, I thought he was fantastic. And he, he still is now, you know, I watch him, follow him on Instagram and how he's with his family and um, the way he talks on TV, I think he's a really top bloke. Yeah, yeah. So definitely go Rio. Uh, who else would I go? Bloody hell. Uh, who else would I go? Go on, help us out. I'm struggling. Who else would I go for? Well, let's go for a, get a gaffer in there, so you could have someone like pastor present manager wise. Like, uh, is there a, gaff, a, a manager or someone within football that you've looked at, or someone you think oh, I'd love to just have twenty minutes of them and ask them a few questions? Or uh, it'd be interesting to just just listen to Pep at um, Man City, yeah. just because um, obviously I watched that the Man City documentary and. Uh, I just find him fascinating. The way his approach to football is different to a lot of other managers. You know, the science and thought process behind why getting his players to do things and then trying to get them to understand why he's telling them that. It's just a level of, different level of just management, which I find so interesting. Yeah. And then the third one, I suppose you could get someone that's going to lie. I mean, like a rubble, like from uh, this yeah. Oxford. Could be someone like it could be even be Rob Ball. Uh, uh, could it be a player that's present now? Yeah, yeah, like, anyway. yeah, yeah. Uh, probably go. Bam, Patrick Bamford. Maybe I've not seen him for a long time. Be nice to have a catch up. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you have you played against Leeds yet this year? No, I've not played him. No. Because he's in the, he's in like he's in good form, isn't he? And then obviously you'll be there or thereabouts marking him. Is that that'll be a, a bit of a, a battle, won't it? Obviously old mates. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing really well. I'm buzzing for him to be fair. He's uh, he's waited a long time since he's been given a real chance in the prem, and you know he's taking it with two hands and he's doing he's doing really well for him, isn't he? Yeah, he is doing well, mate. Yeah, I think obviously I think probably to do with maybe the manager in like. Yeah, giving him that sort of freedom and the, the, the sort of positions that he plays in. Um, what I, I want, what couple of things we haven't touched on, like back in the day. So, I think probably around the time when you was playing with Bamford, you two were like, obviously, he ended up going to Chelsea at like under 18 after that good FA Youth Cup run. Um, and then you got a lot of um, interest, I think, from Arsenal and from Everton. Yeah. Are you able to talk about that now, years on? Like, what, what was the crap there? I think. Do you have a chat with David Moyes at one point or something? Yeah, you know. yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. Yeah, I'll talk about it. Um, the Arsenal interest, uh, it was there. I think it was it was definitely there. I can't remember who my agent was at the time. It was a different agent. Um, but not, not much was really fed back to me, obviously, being 18 and um, concentrating on my job and, you know, with my dad not wanting it to affect me or my ego. That was kind of kept away from me. Uh, the Everton thing, I actually went and met with. Uh, I went. I went to the Everton training ground, had a look round and stuff because you know they were interested. And I'm not sure why it didn't happen, but um, yeah, they, they were interested as well. So yeah, I mean, as a kid, there's always been paper talk and speculation and. But I think the difference with the Newcastle one, it was quiet and I didn't know anything about it. And then I just got a phone call off my agent saying, uh, 
you know, Newcastle one year, they pretty much done it without me even saying, yeah, um, they were like, it's done, your medical's tomorrow, tell the manager at Forest you're not training in case you get injured. So I had to go in and say to, I think it was Steve Bruce, uh, not Steve Bruce, sorry, Stuart Pierce. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Gaff, I'm not training today, um, which you weren't happy about. And then up to Newcastle medical and I was signed. But obviously I'd done the loan back at Forest for the year. Yeah. Did you go travel up with Cole Dollar? Did you sign the same time as Cole Dollar for Newcastle? Yes. Complete yeah. same time. Yeah. Yeah. So did that make it easy for you? Obviously going all that way, like the first proper big move away, and obviously knowing Cole from Forest and, and going up together. Yeah, it made it so much easier because we were we were pretty close at Forest. Um, we see we see each other outside of football, and you know I really got on with him. And obviously then going to a different team where you knew nobody. Uh, it would have been hard. Um, it would have been much harder if he wasn't there. So uh, it just made things easier. Yeah. All right. Final. The final question is obviously this is um, getting messy. Oh, we got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, obviously, getting messy. We're trying to get Lionel Messi on this podcast. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't help you with that one. <laughs> Actually, one of my teammates is Argentinian, Fernandez. I could ask him. He's friends with him. Yeah. There you go. You've answered the question before I asked it. There we go. <laughs> you know what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> yeah. That was a good say. Can you put us in touch with that? Or it, but yeah, that that that'd be class, wouldn't it? Well, I could only ask. Yeah. How's his uh, how's his English? Is it good enough to come on the podcast? I mean, obviously, God is great. Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he speaks good English, to be fair. He speaks, speaks pretty good English, yeah. Also, what what other person do you think would be interesting to come on the podcast that you know? Who would you like to hit, answer those questions? If I'm being honest, uh, getting... Hmm, who would I want? Who would we... I think a good character would probably be... Probably Alan Sam Matsuman. Uh you know, he's just, he's just, he's interesting. It'll be interesting the answers he gives you back. Really? Uh, lo- lo- lovely kids. Um, and obviously his talent kind of gives him that, you know, interest as well from other people, which yeah, yeah. people want to hear what he's got to say because of what, he's, what they see him do on the pitch. Uh, yeah. So yeah, tomorrow I want to go and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask him, well, I'll tell him he's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's been it's been class, mate. And I just want to just finally just I like asking this at the end when you when you speak to footballers because it always intrigues me. Have you got any regrets from your career so far? Anything you change? Oh, any regrets? Um, any regrets? Not not in terms of like big ones that have affected me. Uh, li- little regrets where things where I've acted out of anger or emotion and I think, you know, what, what are you doing that for? Like five minutes later when you calm down, you think, what are you doing? But in terms of like a big, a big regret where it haunts me and I think, wish that didn't happen. I've, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Um, any regrets? No, none, none at all. I mean, I'm really happy with the position I'm in. Um, Time's gone fast, obviously, 27 now. It only seems like I was, you know, at, at Forest not long ago. So I think to be in a position I'm in now, you know, I've I've managed to do the right things and uh, I don't really regret much, mate, now. 
Decent, mate. Appreciate you coming on, man. No, no, it was a really good podcast, actually. Yeah, in, enjoyed that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Nice yeah, mate, I can say, once, yeah, once we release it, mate, if you can um, get it out on social media and that, would be class. Yeah, yeah, just let me know when I'll do that, Pete, don't yeah. Re- Retweet it. As soon as we get messy on, you have to bang it out there, get a bit of publicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I might struggle with the messy. I'll, I'll ask Fernandez. I might struggle with that, though, but Alan, I'll be asking Alan on, I think. Nice. Nice. nice Cheers, All right, man. lads. All right, cheers, lads. Appreciate it, bro. Awesome. Yeah.